my fellow Americans, KB here with another episode of the KB Show, and last hearing, or last episode, I should say, talked a little bit about the Arizona hearings, uh, still need to go back and kind of recover the Pennsylvania hearings, but this episode is pretty much going to be a discussion of the Michigan hearings, and how it, in my opinion, well, first let me set the stage here, um, on Monday was the Senate Oversight Committee, and then the very next day, Tuesday, was the, um, House Oversight Committee, um, um, trying to look through my notes real quick. Yeah. I'm sorry, it was Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday was the Senate Oversight Committee. Wednesday was the House Oversight Committee, because Monday was actually when Arizona had their hearing. Anyway, um, trying not to get off track here. But really, my thing is, really, by watching them... Michigan was really a tale of two houses. You had the Senate, which they, you know, had a couple people that were Democrats on there, which, you know, all all fair. And it was, for the most part, I mean, there were a few disruptions, because it was, where it was, there were some people outside, obvious Trump supporters, they were a bit, a bit loud, a bit rowdy. But, for the most part, it was very cordial. It was, I think they probably ran through at least 20 to 30 witnesses, which is a big deal. Then, the next day at the House Oversight Committee, Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Ellis were there. But, in my personal opinion the house oversight committee was nothing more but a literal shit show and i say that because from the onset you could tell who the democrat representatives were the first thing they tried to do one of the democrats is tried to swear rudy giuliani under oath which for one you can't really do to someone that's there as an attorney because he wasn't a witness and they call he got called out for it. And I'll, I'll kind of go a little bit more into that in a moment. But I want to go to the over, the Senate oversight. And a couple of things that kind of threw some red flags. And keep in mind, Michigan is my northern border. Or, yeah, my northern border state. So, you know, it, it makes me very interested as to what's going on up there. Uh, some of the things, questions, and some things I jotted down. One question that was brought very early on by one of the senators is... Why is the DOJ not involved? Well, we already heard what Bill Barr said earlier in the week, so 
that kind of answers that question. Um, there was one individual who testified that he and his team, I believe, they were inspecting or prepared to inspect 172,000 absentee ballots. And in just 30,000 of them, they found 229 people that they linked obituaries to that were just, so they were deceased voters, but yet they voted. A common, now a common theme in both was the fact that it centered around the activities at the TCF Center in Detroit. The common, a common thing that was spoken about all day was GOP poll watchers, challengers, observers were mistreated, disrespected. Some said they were threatened. Um, one witness reported that uh, one of their GOP colleagues was actually arrested and taken out. Um, one thing I also found interesting is that one challenger witnessed ballots with multiple presidential candidates filled in, which can't happen. So then the poll workers would be like, well, I think I'll give it to Biden. Well, I don't think I can give it to Biden. I'll give it to the Democrats. Like, no, you can't. You can't. You have to throw that ballot out. Um... Many of these people actually that were witnesses actually said that they had applied to be poll workers, but they were told either they didn't either get a response or told that they were already filled, so they became poll challengers. Now, here's one thing that I thought was pretty damning evidence. And remember, these are people who filled out official affidavits. These are sworn affidavits, a.k.a. for people that are need a little bit further explanation, these are people that swore under oath that if there was an investigation, a thorough investigation, and the person who filled out this affidavit was found to be lying on their affidavit, they can go to federal prison. So, a lot of these people are really stepping up and putting their, pretty much their life on the line to say, hey, these are irregularities, these are, this is not right. What I've seen, what I did, what I witnessed. Uh, there was one lady, and she actually spoke at both Michigan hearings. She was a contracted employee for Dominion. She worked for 27 hours at the TV TCS Center. And she said she witnessed ballots ran through the tabulators 8 to 10 times. She also said that she, these, and she had actually, they were like, I want to say two or three other witnesses that that supported her statement that 
these tabulators would get jammed two to three times an hour. And she even, this witness even said in both, both times, in the, to, in the 27 hours that she worked, she never saw a single ballot for Trump. Uh, another stat here I saw from the Senate was that 6,000 votes registered to vacant houses or homes that were burned down. That doesn't, that, that kind of raises some red flags. Does not necessarily mean, like those burnt homes, that doesn't necessarily mean that those people, that those can't be considered valid votes, but it definitely kind of perks the ears up a little bit. Um, one witness said that the poll worker training, they were told to block the view of the ballots and to call 911 on all GOP challengers. Hmm, okay. There were about four people that, four or five witnesses, in just the Senate hearing that said the tabulators were connected to the internet and there was one woman god bless her heart she had she had worked for the secretary of state for i think she said almost 30 years and she's made now again i could be completely wrong on this so i would have to relook and re-listen to what she said but she said 71% of ballots in Wayne County cannot be recounted. Now, I don't remember if those were just regular ballots or if those were absentee ballots. But I just remember she said that there were 71% of ballots in Wayne County that cannot be recounted. And someone on the panel asked a, a logical question of why can't these be recounted? Why didn't the... Trump campaign asked for a recount because, and her response was, why waste the money? Because you only will be able to get 29% recount because 71% cannot be recounted by poll workers. They can't be counted by the canvassing boards. They can't be recounted, you know, for whatever reason, they can't be recounted, which is very, very disturbing that 71% can't be recounted, yet we actually need to see those ballots to actually get a better understanding of what was going on. Now in the House, again, a rather, rather, uh, hectic crazy, I think I've lost track of how many times both Democrats, as far as I could tell, there were only two Democratic representatives on that committee, but there was probably about, f oh, I don't, you'd have to watch it. You could look up both of these on YouTube and watch the whole hearings, but there was about five or uh, at least a half dozen times, if not more, that they were so out of line and the chairman kept calling them out of order. And they just kept going and going and going. And apparently one of the representatives was from Detroit. But, oh. The, 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 the witnesses that they had, 
again, they still they had a same lady from that was the subcontracted for Dominion said the exact same thing. The one of the Democratic representatives kind of challenge, and here here's another interesting thing on that because the same Democratic person for two straight witnesses said that a judge ruled that their testimony had no validity in court, yet the very first witness that spoke never, that was her very first time speaking to any kind of committee. And even Giuliani said, I'm not aware of any court that ruled on anything because we haven't filed anything. Uh, a couple of times, this same person said that, you know, the their have been denied, or, you know, they've had 39 cases, and both Jenna Ellis and Trump, have, or Giuliani, said, no, that we haven't lost in 39 cases, we've only filed three. And that's important to note, because there have been civil lawsuits from voters, you also have Lynn Wood and Susan, or Sidney Powell, that are doing their own thing. Not, it's not... And I think it was Jenna Ellis that said, that's not to say that we aren't interested in those cases. We're just not attached to those cases. So we've only had three official filings. And that also, well, I'm pretty sure not going to be including the filing that they did earlier in the week to the United States Supreme Court on Pennsylvania's challenge. Um, again, as in the Senate and the House focus a lot around the TCS Center, um, but it was very, very hostile. Um, one witness said that they were told, at the TCS Center, they were told to back tape ballots that were received on November 4th to show being received on November 2nd so they could be, quote-unquote, valid ballots, which also is very, very, very disturbing. Let me grab my other notes here. Um, the Democrats on the House hearing made very, very, made several false statements in my personal opinion. And he, he, they even tried to argue that that when the witnesses that were speaking before them needed to be sworn in. It's like, and at one point, when they got to the end and they were getting a chance to ask Rudy Giuliani questions, the same Democratic person, a legislate, legislator, was like. You know, we've got all this stuff, there's no evidence, no, you know, you've not provided any credible evidence. You know, the testimonies are shoddy at best, and there's a rumor out that you are trying to seek a pardon from the president. In which, oh, did Giuliani go ham on that? Okay, first off, that legislature was called out of order by the chairman. Then Giuliani proceeded to not only 
ask for him to be disciplined, but he then went on a tangent to say that, and he had a binder, I would probably guess was probably a good four or five hundred affidavits, white, big white binder, and he's like, I don't know about you, I don't know if you're just incompetent or, you know, you just don't care, I don't know what, and this is kind of paraphrasing, but nobody has bothered to read these affidavits. I have this one, and I have 20 others like it. I have 2,000 affidavits that you haven't bothered reading. You can't tell me that your credibility is any better than the credibility of these people. He is right. Giuliani is right. You can't say, and he followed that up, I'm sorry, with, you know, they swore under oath. You didn't. And, he, and again, Giuliani is right. These people swore under oath, under penalty of law, and of committing perjury, to say, hey, I saw this happen, this is wrong, this goes against the law, and I'm sorry, legislatures, you need to step up and take action. Something has to be done. Um... Now, what's going to happen in Pennsylvania? I don't know. We, I know there's going to be more hearings. I know in the House, and I think I maybe have mentioned this before in the last podcast, but in the House, they, like Pennsylvania, are trying to get Dominion to come before them to answer, ans- to answer questions, but Dominion has pretty much said, No. So where'd Dominion go? I mean, there there have been a couple talking heads. I think Pat Gray was one of them. I think uh, a couple of guest hosts on the Rush Limbaugh show have have said, and I think also Glenn Beck has said, and I will agree with them. Okay, Democratic Party. I mean, it's kind of a two-way street here because, yes, there is the burden of proof on President Trump and his legal team to show, hey, yeah, there was fraud. But with the amount of accusations that are out there that people have have filled out sworn affidavits for, there's also kind of has to be a little bit of a... Burden of proof on the Democrats' side and on the Secretary of State's side in these states to say, okay, here, we will show you that everything was on the up, up and up. But that's where I have a, a legit question on because if you've got these people, if you've got someone who is a subcontractor for to help with IT for Dominion, and she's saying, I saw ballots being run through eight, ten times after being, you know, these machines kept getting jammed, and they were just rerunning them. The, the, the question is, really, is that how can you really 
say that there wasn't wrongdoing. Now, another thing I, I heard, because I'm going to really jump quickly, uh, as, a, as yesterday, Georgia had a hearing. Uh, they had a Senate oversight committee. Uh, and a couple things. I'm, I'm going to say this. Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Georgia. Of all three of those hearings, those were the three most polite and cordial and respectful hearings I think I've seen of all the hearings I've seen thus far. So that was number one. And also, Giuliani and Jenna Ellis were at the Georgia after had just being at the Michigan House Senate Committee the night before. They didn't stay very long because I have a, had a feeling they were going somewhere else. Um, but I did see a couple notes I did make from the Georgia hearing is that the legislature waited to hold hearings till after the statewide audits were completed. And this was the big thing that I think threw up red flags for a lot of people. Is the main source of where the counting was in Fulton County, Atlanta, was the home to the uh, national the National Basketball Association's Atlanta Hawks, so State Farm Arena. Um, somehow, Trump's team got a hold of a video which was released. Wednesday night that showed on election night at roughly 10.30-ish, the media, the Trump campaign, it, you know, it was pretty much a person said, hey, everybody go home. And after the media left, after the GOP watchers left, four people stayed behind, pulled at least Five, what, what, what they were calling suitcases of ballots from underneath a table and began counting them. So, explain to me how you would not consider that questionable at best? Um, there's one witness that gave a information that that there was, I guess, Mark Zuckerberg, yes, the same Mark Zuckerberg that owns Facebook, had given large amounts of money that funded political agendas in several of the Georgia counties, especially large amounts. In comparison, you know, some money went to counties that were won by Trump, but a significantly larger amount of money went to um, went to counties that were heavily Democrat. All under the disguise of COVID relief. You know, help with m making sure the people were safe. Yeah, apparently that's not where it went. When it went to ads and, you know, education to help people pick the right candidate. We all know who that was. Um, so it was 
rather interesting. Now, one Democratic legislature in Georgia pretty much went on a tirade of there's no substantial evidence. You know, why are we wasting our time with the hearings? And about, after that, about four other, I think, pretty sure Republican legislatures in Georgia were like, no, you're wrong. We need these hearings. There are people that have pretty much the same consistent thing amongst all of these states is that these legislatures have been getting emails, phone calls, texts saying, hey, we do not feel comfortable. We do not believe that this vote was right and we want you to fix it. So a lot of things were definitely definitely needed. Some argue that hey, things would have been, you know, needed to be done sooner. I think one Georgia's representative said there were, at that time, 250 investigations going on, and they needed to be more. Now, I don't know if he was referring to just within Georgia or if he was talking about nationwide. But the other thing is, I mean, when you talked about Georgia, they did a recount, and they found something like 55, 65,000 vote or 100 votes. 55,500 to 6,500 votes. A good chunk of them went to Trump. And that, you know, he's like, this audit was not supposed to happen. Not this year. But the only reason we can say it worked is because we got lucky. Yeah, you did. Now, there's also kind of the de- de- debate. I'm not going to really say it's a debate. But one person tried, the main Democratic legislator there in Georgia, was trying to say, well, these people are saying, hey, this is, you know, this seems wrong. When it's not wrong, it's just part of the state law. But that's where I also take a little bit of a problem to it because two of the witnesses they had in Georgia... One had been working for working elections for over 20 years. One had been a poll manager for nine years. Um, they know state law. And if something is not going according to state law in their eyes, you can't really say, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Because if you're working in politics and you're working elections for that long, I gotta give a little bit of credence to what they say. And I think a couple of them acknowledge that. But, you know, as I was watching this, um, I had something go on um... Yesterday morning, today's Friday, December the 4th, so Thursday, December 3rd, I had something going on in the uh, in the morning, so I took a, a uh, notepad to kind of jot some thoughts down, and the more I thought about it, the more I remember, you know, had in my mind going back to, you know, what I was hearing a lot of the legislature's in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, 
And again, what I kind of got a little bit more confirmation of it last night when I was watching the Georgia hearings is these people that called, texted, emailed the representatives, we're not talking just, you know, two, three people. We're talking hundreds to possibly thousands of people in these states contacting their representatives. They know something doesn't, something's not right. They know, the people know that something is not right. They're not asking their representatives to look into this. They are demanding their representatives step up, take action, do very thorough investigations, and make sure that the right person is in office. And there was a constitutional professor at the Georgia hearing who pretty much made the case to Georgia legislature, and I think a couple of them said this is exactly what we needed to hear, is we have a, we took an oath when we took this office to serve the people of our state. And so we got one of two things here. If we have criminal fraud, then the Constitution says, legislatures, you're the final dictator of who you picked as electors. But it doesn't need... I think the big stigma, too, that he even pointed out is everyone thinks that there has to be like a criminal intent about it. No, there doesn't. There has to... if. If it comes out, if they do investigations and they find out if, if this is just completely off the wall, if the counts are even correct, which there is questions on, but if the counts were correct and Biden truly is the winner, but the, you know, is the winner by that recount, but the, the other question becomes... Were there any violations in the state laws? And if there were violations in the state laws, then per the U.S. Constitution, which trumps all other constitutions, it will trump state constitutions, it says, and, and this was brought up too, that, oh, well, you know, you know, we can do this type of stuff with a special election, but the governor won't call for a special election. You have to have three-fifths of majority of each the Senate and the House to call for a special session of the of the legislature and that's not going to happen because there's nothing there well according to the US Constitution if it's found out by investigation that state laws were violated in multiple capacities as what's being testified to then the Constitution says you don't need to have your governor, you don't need to have a special vote to call a special session. It clearly says if there is violations of the state's dictated rules to run a you know a federal election, so in this case, the presidency of the United States, and laws were broken in that state, then the legislature 
can say we are coming to a special session whether the governor likes it or not. And there doesn't need to even be a special vote by the legislature to have a special special session. All that needs to be done is for both leaders of each house to say, to look at the evidence, say yes, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Arizona, state laws were violated. We are calling a special session where they can then discuss what happened, then probably debate, and then decide whether they're going to throw X number of votes out based on the severity of the rules breakage, possibly hold a brand new election, which is well within the state's rights, or if they follow the Constitution and say, okay, we cannot, you know, we cannot fully certify, you know, we cannot stand by the certification of these votes, so we, the legislature, will select our electors based on what we have. Which, some can probably argue that that, if that happens, you kind of feel Pennsylvania, Arizona, possibly Georgia, would go for President Trump. Oh, hey, by the way, if that happens, that, I believe, would give Trump the White House again. I think. But then, more things kind of started rolling into my head. And I kind of sat and did did some research. And trying to do this kind of research on my phone was probably not the smartest idea. But, if we look at the states, and there are some states that actually removed this information from their websites. I'm always just curious if, and I'm just saying if, there's any questions and evidence that shows that there was some tampering in the final numbers by the Dominion voting system, what states used them? So, of course, we had Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. But I'm looking at the other states. And I was, and I did not care whether they were traditional red states or blue states. I just was curious about the states. So, we have Colorado, Florida, my home state of Indiana, Missouri, New York, Tennessee, Texas, Utah. So, it kind of was like... Okay, hold on. If there is valid evidence, if there is valid proof that there was some sort of wrongdoing in Dominion's case, and they were flipping votes, or they were our votes were going offshore into Germany or wherever, if there is some sort of illegal activity going on with the Dominion voting system, not only, again, my opinion, my opinion alone, I'm not speaking for anyone else but myself, but if we have, you know, if there are questions that are raised in not only the battleground states, but should we not then question all the other states that use the same software? So, Florida, Colorado, New York, 
Utah. Should we not question then the validity of some of those votes? I mean, it kind of, if and I capitalize, underscore, highlight, whatever you want to do, emphasize the word if there is valid, tangible proof that there was illegality and very, very questionable activity through the Dominion voting software or voting systems, the software. But yet, I still find it fascinating that all of these hearings that are going on and no one from the mainstream media, CBS, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, none of them are covering this. All they care about is, oh, here's Biden's new whatever, whatever in his cabinet and this and that. And then also all about COVID, which I'll get into another episode. But the media is not covering this because, like the Democrats, they already know the truth. It's just actually getting to a point where we can give to the American people and from the Republicans' standpoint of the Democrats already know the truth because they were in on it. Here's the truth, and this is why nobody wanted to see the truth because we caught them red-handed. But the one, so the one major theme about all of these hearings has been, well, yes, it does have a major effect on the presidential election, but really it shouldn't come down to whether it's Trump or Biden or Republican or Democrat. That shouldn't matter. It's the fact that there are several states that the people in those states and even people in other states are raising concerns that, hey, if there are people that are questioning the integrity of elections in those states, if they're coming up and saying, hey, I saw this, this is not right, then do we even have any trust in the election process that our forefathers put in place? Which was, I think, one of the reasons why they had that Article 2, Section 1.2 clause in the Constitution to say, hey, if there are any kind of discrepancies, then the final say goes to the legislatures. Um, the other thing that has been a very, very valid and contentious point in these elections has been around the mail-in ballot. And it's been said in the past by several people, even President Jimmy Carter has said that the most, the single most threat to our elections is around the mail-in ballot. And we're seeing why. Because there are quite a bit of questions surrounding mail-in ballots, how they were handled, what were done with them. And these were Democrats that, there were some Democrats and some Republicans that said, hey, we need to do away with the mail-in ballots. Now, okay, 
I don't want to say completely do away because we still got to give an opportunity for our militaries that are serving overseas to vote. But at least they also know, hey, I got to have my vote. My, I have to get my ballot, fill it out, and turn it in before the election. Or time it that it gets to where it needs to go on election day. So, and then what we need to do is we as American people need to actually step up and go after the mainstream media because they're not caring about the truth like they've been sworn to do. They care about, you know, pretty much censoring what we hear, censoring what we see, and, you know, try and drill into us that no wrongdoing was done, even though to 73, 74 million people, there was some wrongdoing. Not saying all of it is illegal, but it's enough to question whether or not was it legal? Was it fair? Were any of the state laws broken that these concerns are popping up, where we're popping up in all the major battleground states? And, and again, these people are demanding that these be investigated and that they get they get rectified. And I, I think it was in the Georgia hearing, or maybe it was a Michigan hearing. No, it was Michigan. One of the one of the Democratic, one of the two Democratic legislatures, was trying to ask Trump or Giuliani. I'm sorry, whether or not by doing all of this, are they is the Trump campaign trying to disenfranchise the people that voted. Giuliani's response was, no, we're not. In fact, they're not trying to disenfranchise the votes of people that voted, but it's the people who want to have these hearings so that the legal votes are not disenfranchised. Which is extremely important, especially for the Georgia legislature, because, let's remember, we still have that January 5th runoff that will determine whether or not the Republicans will maintain the majority in the Senate, or if pretty much all hell breaks loose. And it was amazing, because one of the Georgian legislatures shared a phone call he had with one of his constituents and she said that after seeing everything going on and how uncomfortable she felt and did not believe that her vote mattered she was not going to vote again on January 5th and he pleaded with her no you need to come out and vote because there's a lot on the line 
a lot of those Georgian legislatures or representatives know a lot is on the line. And one of them, and I wish everybody, every state would follow this, and that would be there were, you know, there were accusations, let us investigate them, and if they are valid, if laws were broken, we have some accountability. So right now, time will tell. But that's kind of what I'm going to cover here. Um, hopefully we'll get some more information, hear some more hearings, and see what goes on. Because I know Pennsylvania and Arizona have already made calls for special sessions of their legislatures. But I haven't heard anything yet of what is going on with Pennsylvania. Because this was, I want to say, over two weeks ago. Uh, or maybe, maybe a week and a half or so ago. I know it's been recent, but usually when stuff like that happens, especially when it comes to how volatile things are now, then they tend to get moving rather quickly. Also, I have not yet heard about anything specific as far as the recent filings to the U.S. Supreme Court as far as the Trump's uh, lawsuit in on uh, the well, or challenge of the Pennsylvania election. Um, I do know. I did see a tweet on Parler from. I need to find it here. It was from Senator Ted Cruz from Texas. Oh, I gotta scroll a little ways here. Um. Is it here? Uh, the title here says, Senator Cruz publicly implores SCOTUS to hear Pennsylvania election, election challenge. And I still think, in a way, it would be hard for them to not hear that challenge, only because you've already got Justice Alito who said, hey, we don't have the time to really discuss the merits, but... Everything that comes in after X day, set them aside. We'll discuss, you know, that way if it gets to a point, we can discuss the merit of these ballots to where, hey, the door is now open. And if they get up to, the, you know, if they take that case, which I think they should, then it's going to be, I don't want to say a slam dunk. But it's going to be a very, very hard case for the Democrats to say, you know, you've got your Secretary of State, you have your governor that said, oh, we're going to extend voting to the 9th. The Supreme Court, you know, supported that ruling, even though the state legislature and state laws say no. So, if, if that's the case, and... The Supreme Court hears it, and if they rule in favor of the Trump campaign, that's going to be millions of ballots, or at least several hundred thousand of ballots that are going to be disqualified. Oh, guess what? That turns Pennsylvania red. And I think you're 
probably going to start seeing similar stuff happen in the other states to... I mean, we'll see if the the statement that Gettysburg, Pennsylvania was the site for the turning of the tide in the 2020 presidential election. Only time's going to tell. But I'm going to cut it off here. Um, I know I've done a lot of election coverage since I started this podcast, so we're going to try and get into something a little bit um, on a different subject next time. But I appreciate you guys coming out. You can give me your thoughts, comments. Uh, you can... I'll have contact information in the description. Uh, you can catch me on Parler. That's P-A-R-L-E-R dot com with the handle at KBrown2448 because, you know, I can't make one specific for the show because Parler can't, won't let me do multiple accounts. Um, and then you can also email me with your thoughts, opinions, questions, concerns, or if you just want to just flat out disagree with me, which I don't really care, at KB Podcast or KB Show Podcast at gmail.com. Again, those links will be in the description, and I will look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.